can't do it. I'm doing the podcast. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll do it live. Giants fans, welcome to Big Blue All Year, the podcast that brings you New York football Giants content all year long. Where your hosts toe tap the line between podcast professionals and a bunch of fanatics talking shit at the end of the bar. Tonight's episode of Big Blue All Year is not brought to you by anyone. Insert sponsor here. Don't forget to follow on Twitter at Big Blue All Year and rate and subscribe wherever podcasts are found. Adult content ahead, because you know we're doing it live! All right, guys, Berger is back, and while it feels good to be back in the chair after Shaman's guest spot last week, the month of April belongs to our resident draft expert, Disciple. And today, we're going to be laying down the road to the drafts. But first, let's get through some headlines. And for that, we get into a segment that lets my distinguished partners stick on a headline to talk about or kick it to the next one. So, Burger. Oh, Burger's back, baby. Disciple. Answer me that age-old playground taunt. Are you kicking it or are you sticking it? Football team, assemble! (laughs) All right, the Burger's going to do a quick stick here. Um, Even with week one being nearly five months away... Quarterback Daniel Jones has already taken it upon himself to get the offense together for some organized workouts in Arizona, boys. Uh, you know, you love to see the leadership from Daniel. Last year, not having a normal offseason with OTAs and training camp, just taking it upon himself to get the boys together in an effort to get ahead of the curve. You know, being more prepared and comfortable in year two under Jason Garrett's offense. It's just what you want to see. Back to you, Mac. No, he stuck the landing. Saquon's been in the news this week. Yes, he has. Disciple's going to stick this one. Saquon Barkley was videotaped in what looked like it was his backyard. Training, getting back from his ACL tear. His daughter was videotaped running with him. Great spirits. Looks like uh, Saquon Barkley's about to move all the doubters wrong in 2021. Joe Judge's coaching staff continues to grow. Oh, this will be another brief stick. So the Giants have reportedly hired former LSU coach Russ Calloway and Tennessee coach Carter Blunt to be part of Joe Judge's coaching staff. Um, Both have ties to Joe Judge back in their Alabama days. Uh, Calloway was the offensive analyst for the Tigers last season, and he's also a former offensive coordinator at Sanford, not Stanford when I first looked at it. And then uh, Blunt was the defensive quality coach last season at Tennessee. So we'll see how these uh, moves pan out. When Eli speaks, we listen. When Eli tweets, we watch. Uh, I'm just going to quickly address this. Uh, Eli Manning has said that the Giants are turning up and looking good. And uh, Eli Manning is a clown on Twitter. Today he put some art that he drew, him and Peyton. And he also put a video of him juggling. As the kids say on Twitter, Eli Manning, don't miss. Can I kick it? Yes, you can. Pay cuts are better than being cut. Isaac Yadam accepted a pay cut over the weekend in order to keep his place on the Giants roster. So he will be going from a non-guaranteed $2.15 million in 2021 to $1.07 million. Let's kick it. Can I kick it? Yes, that does it for this week's headlines. And now a word. 
from our non-sponsor. In the criminal underworld of New York City, three bank robbers rise above all. Quentin Dunbar, DeAndre Baker, Johnny Depp, in an all-new movie event, Universal Pictures presents Public Enemies 2, COVID Edition. Big Blue All Year, brought to you, or not, by Universal Pictures. And now, back to the show. All right, listener. That's right, Will Arnett. We're stealing your smartless joke, so get over it or invite me on the pod. But as I alluded to earlier, we're going to be doing a dive into the deep end with draft analysis all month long and leading up to a round one mock draft and a thrilling draft day rapid reactions here at the end of April. Well, they can't help the uh, number of quarterbacks that are going to go before they end up drafting. We hope for the highest possible number. Now that this Sam Donald trade to the Panthers has kind of fogged things up, because I thought the Panthers might have been a candidate to uh, draft a quarterback in the top ten as well. Not you know, crazy about that. Now they're saying the Lions and the Falcons are also possibly – for sale, their picks are at four and seven, respectively, I believe. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, you never know. I mean, the draft is still only 22 days away, but so much has just happened in the last two weeks that it's totally just thrown out anything, any other past draft analysis we've really had in the terms of like mock drafts and whatnot. Don't also sleep on the Broncos at nine, possibly taking a quarterback if they don't trade for Teddy Bridgewater, which is the newest rumor uh, as of today. That's the rumor now? Yeah, he, the Panthers are letting him explore trades, and the Broncos apparently are interested. Why would the Broncos oh. even do that? Is he – I mean, not that Bridgewater is dog shit, but, like, the Panthers just traded for Sam Darnold, who has been terrible for three years now. And I will say, I do believe that lies at the feet of the Jets. But is Bridgewater objectively an improvement over Drew Locke? I, I don't know. I think Definitely he probably I'm... is, but not by much. So let me I ask you this. Over, over, under, set at three. Quarterbacks taken in the top ten. What are you going over. Over. So I'm I think, I think five. five quarterbacks will get taken. Yeah, okay, well, all right. Well, then let's have that conversation because obviously out of the Giants' control. So pretty much an agreement. Trevor Lawrence goes one uh, to the Jags. Uh, Zach Wilson goes two to the Jets most likely. Either way, it's definitely a quarterback. San Francisco trays up two, three. Again, you don't do that unless you're taking a quarterback. A lot of the rumor is that it's going to be Mac Jones, but I'm I'm less interested in the specific. I think, player. yeah. Um, I uh, if just to say, I think it's going to be more likely Justin Fields than Mac Jones. But yeah, I don't know Justin Fields all, pro day. He he may have. They're all fucking connecting Mac Jones, but I don't know. It could be a toss up between down. those two. I mean, it, it, 
Agreed. I, and I think we'll we'll get into this debate and perhaps things will will come to light over the next few weeks. But for the sake of this exercise, who it is, is less relevant to the fact that we're all in agreement that one, two and three are going to be quarterbacks at this point. Right. Concur. OK, I think so, the sleeper is the Falcons right now at four. The, the Falcons and the Broncos. So for you both to be right, to be over one of the two of them have to take a quarterback or someone needs to trade up. Um, and for whichever one of you said five, then both need to, because the, unless we think that the dolphins are moving on from two a one year in uh, the Lions just traded for Jared Goff. The Panthers just traded for Sam Darnold. But Cowboys, does Sam Darnold necessarily take that's, that's what I'm trying to argue. Like does is the dra- the training for Sam Darnold completely take the Panthers out of the quarterback question. Yeah, I don't think you, I don't think you give up three draft picks to not to draft a quarterback there. Yeah, why would you do that? Because then it, it, he's going to what's what's the scenario? The guy that you're picking is going to. What if it's Trey Lance that sits on the bench for three years after Darnold? Why not just let him sit behind Teddy Bridgewater, who you already have under contract, and keep all of those picks? That doesn't make any goddamn sense. Huh? I'm not saying that the Panthers are going to look at Sam Darnold as unquestionably the future. I will say that the Carolina Panthers, I'll put my my sack on the table, are not but picking a quarterback that. in the first two rounds of the 2021 draft. It would that especially would be when you just traded for two years of control of Sam Darnold. Exactly. Okay. So are we feeling that the Falcons so really the draft begins with the Falcons because they either stay and who knows? I mean, they they could go any direction. I could see them picking a quarterback because theoretically Justin Fields or Trey Lance could be there and be someone who sits behind Matt Ryan for a year or two. They have needs all across their football team with the exception of wide receiver. They could trade back. And, and then if that happens, we would assume that it, that will be the fourth quarterback taken. I think everything starts with the Falcons. I am not convinced that they will take a quarterback. I, I hope you're both right that it's over, but if you're asking me, it's a push. I think one, two, and three are quarterbacks, and I think some combination of Trey Lance, Mac Jones, and Justin Fields are going to plummet, in my personal opinion. Wow. Well, that's quite an interesting take there, Mac. I think there's that a 50% is. chance Atlanta stays at that pick by the time the draft starts. If they stay, do you think they're going quarterback or are they going to support? I mean, their defense is terrible. They're, they need a quarterback. They need a tight end. They need an offensive line. They have a lot of needs. And if you're at four and you can get a team that wants a quarterback, they can trade that, get more picks. That's only going to help Matt Ryan. If they think Matt Ryan can do it at age 36 for a couple more years, unless they think that their guy, then they would stay there. And I, the flip side to that too, is that, if you're going to replace a franchise legend in Matt Ryan, I mean, he hasn't won a Super Bowl, but for that franchise, he has to be the all-time leader in everything. In my, I assume. Are you? Yeah, really he also happy? got an NFL MVP. Right. Are you just happy to sit at four and take the fourth best, whichever quarterback? Like, can is it possible that the Falcons truly believe that all of the quarterbacks are? close enough that they're cool replacing their franchise legend with whoever falls to them. Like uh, that doesn't seem realistic to me. I think Matt Ryan still got it for a couple of your years, man. He still plays at a high level. I, I couldn't see them, you know, throwing in the towel on him, especially when he's owed a ton of money over the next two years. Yeah, I agreed. And, and they're, they're 
their offense hasn't necessarily been the problem. Like Matt it's, Ryan has just have glaring holes that keeps like holding them back. Yeah. The all right. So let's let's move on then. So it sounds like the two of you are saying four to five quarterbacks in the top ten, which I would be thrilled with. I'm saying three, one, two, and three. Um, we'll, we'll see. I really hope the Broncos and the Falcons pick them, but who knows? Th- those are the two though, that were in question. Um, the other, and, and there has been some rumors about other trades. I think as we already discussed, most notably, maybe the Broncos moving up. I don't think the Patriots are going to move into the top 10. Like, do you think that's reasonable? And are there any other teams outside of the top 11 that you think are possible, trade up for quarterback type of teams. Well, that's just not really Bill's style either. He doesn't trade up. He trades back and just accumulates picks. So I would be shocked if he moves all the way. I think they're at 15, correct? correct. To get into the top 10. Like if anything, I know we'll get into it later. Maybe the giants are an issue or a team that could be a good partner, but I don't see them getting into the top 10 unless Mac Jones slips. Cause I think that's who Bill wants in the end. I mean, I don't see it because until Gettleman actually trades back, I can't, I can't, I can't ever think that he will. I'm sorry. I'm not saying it's impossible, but I just, I just refuse to believe it until I see it. That's it. That's improbable. The, so then the other piece that's out of the Giants' control, one of many, but I think the the two common perceptions here. We've talked about the quarterbacks, three to five in the top ten. The other thing is the big four with respect to skill positions. So for those who somehow have been living under a rock, we're talking about wide receivers, Jamar Chase of LSU, uh, the duo of Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddell from Alabama, and the all-world tight end, oversized wide receiver, whatever he ends up being, Kyle Pitts out of Florida. It's possible that all four of them go in the top ten. It, do, do you think that's going to be the case? Do you want that to be the case and push the offensive line and, and defensive players down to the Giants? I mean, there is a scenario where nine of the top 11 picks are quarterbacks and those four players I just mentioned. Um, what do you guys think the likelihood of that is? Or, or do you want that to happen? I mean, I don't necessarily want it to happen. I think it could happen, though. I think actually – there, there's a situation where maybe the Giants have their choice of two or three of those guys. Just because you saw last year in a very deep wide receiver draft, the first wide receiver didn't get picked until 11, actually, I believe. Well, the Raiders. The Raiders traded up for rugs, didn't they? Yep. So, you know, just my analysis of this, uh, this year's wide receiver class, which we'll get into later, but talking about 45 wide receivers that have the possibility of being draftable. So you think that the depth for the second year in a row, quote unquote, historic depth at the skill position could actually be a reason why some of these top prospects drop because what's the reasoning there? Thinking that a team doesn't need to use that pick to still get a quality position of that a, a player at that position, or what, what's the reason? Yeah, because in in a draft like this, you're talking about getting guys that are, you know, they're going to the third round in other drafts, and you're talking about getting those guys in the fifth round in this draft because it's just so many guys stacking up the position. Don't worry, get them. And it's all it's all pretty spread out too. The wide receiver room, there's like 
the top guys, but then like each round, there's probably going to be like, you know, four to five guys taken, maybe more. So question for the two of you then, Jerry, Judy, CD lamb, Henry Ruggs going into the 2020 draft with the consensus top three, the top three this year are Jamar chase, Devonte Smith, Jalen Waddle, which top three are, do you think is better? Well, it's funny because, I mean, just going by rookie years, it wasn't any of those guys that had the best season. It was actually Justin Jefferson on LSU, who a lot of people had as the wide receiver four and five. Or according which, to uh, Sports Illustrated, I think actually um, some other places were talking about him in the top three as well, but not not universally accepted uh, as top three. Yeah, but, you know, it is only one year, you know. It's I I like this crop better than the other one. I think they're just I do too. The other guys were obviously CD Lamb had a great There's a lot more line. there's a lot more like different kind of roles. There's a lot of like big body guys, but there's also a lot of like little guys. There's also a lot of good slot guys. You got guys like Rondell Moore or Tutu Atwell who are you know third and fourth round wide receivers that are small but have extremely explosive playmaking ability. What about the guy from Florida? Is it Tooney or Tony or uh, something like that? Darius Tony. Yeah. He's looking he's, at. He's supposed to be like next time. He's going to be a late first, early second. I think he's gone by the time the Giants draft again. I'm thinking. I'm thinking he's gone by like 35. So let me re-ask a very direct question that only Berger answered. Top three of 2020 versus top three of 2021. Which crop of three receivers do you think is more talented? Um, is Jamar Chase a better prospect than James? yes? Yes, I'm okay. go that's what show. I'm asking. So, my point being is that while I agree with you that there could be some reasoning that players fall because teams feel that they could get value at that position later, I think the Cincinnati Bengals, the Miami Dolphins, the Detroit Lions are three teams, and if the Atlanta Falcons stay there or trade back into the top 10 perhaps flip with the Broncos are going to have a really hard time staring at some of these weapons. I mean, the Bengals are have to go either playmaker or offensive line. The Miami dolphins, similarly, in my opinion, have to go offensive line or playmaker. They need to know what Tua is about. And those are the, you either protect them or give them toys. Uh, the Carolina Panthers just had coming off a draft in 2020 in which they used every single pick on the defensive side of the ball, just traded for a quarterback who had no offensive line, no running backs, and no wide receivers. I think day one, he's stepping into a better position on the Panthers, but can they really afford to not support him in the way that the Jets do? So, And, the, and then the Lions just lost Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay and traded to get a quarterback who needs weapons to succeed. So... Uh, Personally, I think it's entirely possible that all four of these players are off the board with the Giants. And frankly, I would be thrilled about that. Like, so you what does that mean? Baddies? You want the Rashawn Slaters? You want the... the offensive lines, two drops. And I think the reasoning that you said, Disciple, about other teams maybe letting things go, the Giants can find quality players in the skill positions in the second, third rounds. And the more quarterbacks and wide receivers that get taken, 
the better chances of big fatties like Sewell or Rashawn Slater dropping to us at 11, and that's what daddy wants. Well, let's tie this into this this next question that I have for you. So you saw how Henry Ruggs and the Raiders, they traded up last year to get him. So what if some of these playmakers fall? What if Gettleman's in a position to possibly trade the 11 pick now? Something he never has done is trade back in the first round. Do you think he can get blown away by an offer from the Patriots? Maybe the Bears at 20, where we maybe accumulate another third round pick this year? Get another, like you said, it's deep draft. It doesn't sound like the worst idea. If you're asking me, do I think that Dave Gettleman could trade back? Despite what people say, I don't think he's a moron. You, it was, a disciple referenced it the other episode. Only cis deal in absolutes. In what possible world could Dave Gettleman be sitting there in his little you know hut in New York and being like, no matter what, I am never trading back. Like that is my philosophy. I can't do a Boston accent or a Gettleman voice, but like. It, that that's just absolutely insane. And apparently there was a lot of talk that the Giants were going to trade back in the second round. They just were so over the moon about Xavier McKinney. So if your question to me is, does a guy like, um, you know, Jalen Waddle drop to 11 or, or, or heaven forbid, Jamar Chase uh, and teams start calling? Yes, I think this draft and more specifically the Giants offseason leading up to the draft allows Dave Gettleman to do anything and that the needs that the Giants have don't necessarily coincide with the picks at 11, talking about potentially edge rushers, um, or if those top two tackles are gone, more depth in the offensive line. So uh, I think he absolutely could trade back, be in the first or later rounds. The thing is they need a partner. They need a partner. These things don't happen in a vacuum just because Giants fans want them to trade back. Someone needs to be willing to do it or want to do it. So I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I would say that it's like I said, it's possible, but I don't think it's going to happen. Even if I think the Giants might even want to draft that kind of player themselves. I really do. As opposed to trade back. Which player on the board would you be least upset with the Giants passing up to trade back? Like if, as much as I want offensive line, if Jamar Chase is on the board at 11, I feel like it needs to be a take. Um, I, I wouldn't be upset with Waddle or Devontae Smith, but, like, I'm also fine passing on them. Um, like, who would be there at 11? But if we don't take them, guess who does? The Eagles. Those fucking birds. I don't know. That's what you got. You got to decide if you want them on your team or you want to play them twice a year. Take care of ourselves. Let the Eagles do what they're they're going to do. They're right behind. They're they're probably going to go all line. Who's that? The Washington football team at a ninth. Oh, sorry. Football team. I forgot they're Um, no longer. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they could go all line. Yeah. I don't know. They're not taking defense, I'll tell you that, because they've invested almost every fucking first-round pick in defense for the past, like, eight years, it seems like. I think they might get that JOK. Jeremiah Onwusu. Uh... Uh, Woo, big Woo from Notre yeah. Dame. Yeah. Was that linebacker? Yeah. He's a linebacker slash safety. Yeah, stud pro day. Like, if you like Isaiah Simmons, you'll, let, you'll love a guy like that. He'd actually be perfect for them. Fuck them. Um, yeah. But either way, we can't worry about what's happening eight picks later. The Giants need to make sure they get theirs right. So, um, so uh, Disciple, you don't think they're trading back. 
Berger, do you think it's possible or what? Do you think it's I, I, I want them to. I, I don't think they are though. I think I I want to to get at least if you trade down enough, you might be able to get a first round next year. Hopefully a third round this year. That's the kind of deal you gotta look to make. If you can add a third, you have to do it. You know, we already lost one pick in the letter Williams trade. They need another good middle round pick. I, I think it, it would help the team out big time. How far 100%. back are you willing to trade? Like, I wouldn't go past 20 with the bears. So the jets yeah, have a 20. stupid amount of capital. There's rarely uh, dra- uh, trades in, in the, between the city teams. You think they give us back our pick? Would you go all the way back to 23rd? If they decide they want to go and help their young quarterback up at 11, you could probably. So like if, if you're picking down there, you probably would choose an edge, an edge rusher because although what well, I think Aziz Ojolari is the best edge rusher for the Giants and the best scheme fit, he's also only maybe like the 20th or 25th best prospect in the whole draft. So just because he's the best edge rusher doesn't mean he's it's it's comparative to everybody else. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I, I'm open to training back really anywhere and either taking best defensive player or best offensive lineman. Um, I, I I don't think it will happen, not because Dave Gettleman's aversion to it, just because I'm not sure the Giants are going to have a dance partner. That's that's my personal opinion. But I'm not been any panties. That's why. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, let's get to the point that we're all here for now that we're, you know, already a half an hour into talking shit. Uh, and it, with this moment, I, I turn the keys over to you, disciple, to lay out Ooh. your manifesto here. We're we're just living in your draft world, my friends. If you didn't read the write up last year, go ahead and check it out because it was pretty goddamn accurate. Really excited for this year's to come out. But disciple, take a bow. All right, gentlemen, let's talk Disciples Draft Philosophy, shall we? What I'm going to do now is lay out a roadmap for the next three episodes of this here podcasting program. So get aboard the Big Blue Year train, guys, and let's think about it. So I've laid out three levels of needs at which the Giants need to address somewhere in the draft. Let's talk about them. The tertiary needs or the depth needs. That is what I would categorize as the quarterbacks, the safeties, and interior defensive linemen. I want to hear, do you guys agree with me that that is a depth need or no? Yeah, I agree. Um, especially after, you know, we just signed Mike Glennon, so there's not really a need for a quarterback. And if they were, it'd be like, you know, a seventh-round kind of flyer. Safeties were deep. Um, interior D linemen, we just signed two big fatties in the offseason. So I wouldn't address any of that early. So I agree these are definitely death positions that we don't really need to address early in this draft or maybe at all. What do you think, Mac? Yeah, that last point makes a lot of sense to me. I was going to say, you know, Disciple, is there a piece of your draft manifesto that is like even less than tertiary needs? Like if the Giants waste one of their six draft picks on a quarterback, I'll lose it. I'll just absolutely lose it. Surprise um, at 11 <laughs> quarterback. Well, I do have to say this is this is also this is a pretty shallow uh, draft. You're looking at 
about only 12 that are probably going to be drafted. You know, like Jake Fromm, like the third round, or whatever his name is. How many quarterbacks what? drafted on average? That sounds like a well, lot. there's 255 picks. I bet you there's about like 10 quarterbacks taken every year. Shaman, you're going to check us on this. We don't have time to waste, but I feel like that sounds like a pretty high number, like at least. Uh, I say the possibility of five quarterbacks going in the top 10, like this is what, is that historic at the very least 2004 type levels? Or? You'll see maybe at most five in the first round, five in the first 10 picks is, would definitely be historic. Be insane. Um, the, the one point that I would contest, and I think I agree with both of you that it should be a tertiary need, but do any of us believe that the Giants are not going to come out of the first two rounds with some sort of interior defensive lineman? It's the second yeah, round. Yeah, I could, I could definitely see that. Uh, it's a pretty decent class this year. So that's why we say, don't address it in the second round like we always do. What, Linval Joseph, Jonathan Hankins, Marvin Austin. Yeah, but you might be able to get I'm the best one, one in the draft. Dalvin Tomlinson. We always take it in the second round for some reason. It makes no sense because we never resign them. There's one guy. There's one guy I want you to – actually, I don't think he's he's a real possibility now. Now that we've signed Leonard Williams, we have Dexter Lawrence as well. There's a guy that's climbing on draft boards named Milton Williams from uh, – Louisiana Lafayette or uh, one of those like raging Cajun schools or some shit, but he's really uh, rising up. There. He's like Jeremy Chen. He's like Jeremy Chen of last year. Like nobody really heard of Jeremy Chen until April. He ended up going in the early part of the second round. Yeah. So, he's not, he's he lit it up. Defensive line, you're saying? Yeah, but he's like he's like that kind of story. This is like, he kind of came out of nowhere. Everybody's like like hearing about him, watching him, and uh, apparently. He's climbing up and like, what do we even really know? You know what I mean? We don't, we don't know how these guys even. Can I throw one uh, hypothetical? Would can we maybe say that wide receiver might be a tertiary need? You know, after getting no. Kenny Galladay, Sterling Shepard. Fuck out! No, no, secondary. Seriously, Dante Pettis. So secondary need, not tertiary. I I agree with disciple, and I guess that's an excellent segue. Uh, but let me present to you this case. Kenny Galladay has been signed, but injury prone. Sterling Shepard has one year left on his contract, has missed a lot of games. Darius Slayton is going into his third year out of four years. John Ross is a flyer. Dante Pettis is a flyer. Like on paper, that group looks great. Depending on how they play and within 12 months, we could lose half of that group from a contract perspective. So uh, I, I think it's very much a secondary need for sure. Speaking of other secondary needs, we can look at uh, tight ends, which I would I would say is probably a secondary need. I don't know if you guys agree. Hey, man, if Kyle Pitts is there at 11, you, you really have to take a long look in the mirror and be like, fuck, what if we just got the most athletically gifted tight end that has come out of college football in some time? But I think that goes to the argument of best player available and not whether or not it's a need for the Giants. So you could use my own. Go ahead. I think that all of these things are possible because the Giants will draft for need, but they will also draft for value. They drafted Xavier McKinney. They didn't really need a safety, but they were like, holy shit. Like we had this guy, the top 20 prospect, and he fell to us at 34 or 36. 
So we had to take him. We're not leaving him on the board. We had to take him. And that's how they felt. And and I that could happen again. You never know who's going to fall out of the first round. You never know any kind of thing. But so talk, speaking of Kyle Pitts, the tight end, I think that the tight end position in this draft is shallow and it's very medium to bottom heavy. There's not any. There's only only Kyle Pitts should really go in the first round. You're looking at Pat Fryermith, Brevin Jordan, and maybe going in the second, and then Hunter Long, Tommy Tremble in the third and fourth, and after that, it's not much. So, I mean, you could argue with me and use my own logic against me and saying, you know, uh, uh, Kyle Rudolph is a 30 plus year old player coming off an injury. The Giants might trade Evan Ingram and he's on a contract year. And really, what are Caden Smith and uh, Levine mm-hmm. Toyolo other than like, you know, uh, arguably decent depth pieces? So, I, I, I could definitely see the argument to be made that this is a secondary need. Personally, I, I think on paper, the Giants can't devote resources to this position in the 2021 draft. You know, it, Kyle Pitts, though, again, the question becomes, is this guy so absurdly good that you can't pass on him? I'm open to that discussion, but I really don't see a Pat Fryermuth going to the Giants in the second round. If some of those guys drop into the third and fourth round and there's good value there, sure. But um, I don't know. So it's sort of in a similar boat, you know, running backs and cornerbacks – I, are those secondary needs for the two of you then? Yes, they are. Good pick up, Mac. I just find it so, so hard that Najee Harris just is, is sitting there, you know, in the first round. He's such a talent. Oh. All but right. I know. So Najee Harris and Etienne are pretty much both like late first, early seconds. Talents. Tell me about these North Carolina running backs, though. In my opinion, we got Michael Carr, Javante Williams. They're both going to be, I would say they're both in the 50s or 60s in like top. So they might make it to the third, but don't be surprised if both of them are gone by the third. I think that's too early to take a running back. If you are the Giants, if I'm taking a running back, I'm looking at picks 196 or 201. You're going to be in decent position to land a guy like Jared Patterson, the 5'10 wrecking ball out of Buffalo. Or Elijah Mitchell. Special. You love that kid. I love Jared Patterson. I want the world to know. I think he'd be. Disciple, who's your late round running back last year that you liked that uh, we could have drafted? Was it Gibson on the Redskins or Robinson? It wasn't. It was James Robinson who ended up on the Jaguars. He wasn't even drafted. I wanted him with either Mr. Relevant pick or the one before that that happened to be the cornerback that's not even on the team anymore. But I was like, don't, don't. I was like, don't sleep on this fucking James Robinson at Illinois State or wherever the hell. I think it was Illinois State he was from. And sure enough, he he had a great, great rookie year. So, yeah, I I, I honestly am proud of that, honestly. What about that? You can always get running backs late. That's always the thing. It's so easy. They're a dime a dozen. Come again, again, Mac? um, Yes, please. Uh, What about that dude that is, what, the LS, not LSU, but the – where our uh, new offensive line coach sale came from Louisiana tech or uh, isn't there uh, some running back who broke all the school records there that you like as well? Regular Louisiana. Is it just Elijah Mitchell? Oh, did, 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 were you just talking about him? Yeah. I brought him up as a sixth round pick. 
Yeah, I blacked. Out. I've had a couple of beers. Um, the that's all right. That's yeah, okay. Definitely. So, do we really think it's a secondary need, though? This is where I have the gripe. RB three, I think, because I mean, it's it's Saquon Barkley, Devontae Booker, and they then Giovanni like, Bernard. Now that he got cut, yeah. who? Giovanni Bernard just got cut. Maybe the Giants will sign. You don't have Freeman. You don't have Morris. You don't have uh, Lewis. But you make the point. There you go. That's the point. You could have Freeman. You could have Morris or insert any other guy that is like that to be your third round running back. Because if the Giants season is going well, then Saquon Barkley, the number two pick in the overall in the draft, needs to be the focal point. And you just spent $3 million on the first two days of free agency for a backup guy in Devontae Booker. Six-round draft pick, okay, I'm fine taking a flyer with the guy. Anything higher than that this year at the running back position, again, I think it's a waste of a pick. All right. If Saquon Barkley isn't taking 80% of the snaps, then either he isn't healthy or there is yet another glaring evidence that the Giants fucked up taking him with the pick. Yeah, that's going agree more. Sure. I'd um, and I'd say, moving on to wide receiver. I'd say we're going to be in position rounds two or three to land a pretty good wide receiver. Do you think Terrence Marshall drops to the Giants in the top of the second round? No, I think he climbs up a bit. Damn it! I want. He's a big boy, right? I think honestly, now that well, here's the thing. The Giants don't necessarily now that they have Galladay, they don't need the XY receiver. They might want to go on replacing, say, a guy like Sterling Shepard with Rondell Moore out of Purdue that I really like, and a lot of other people really like. Except he's a little bit small, but he's a slot receiver. You think top of but, the second is too high to take a guy like Rondell Moore? Mm, it depends how fast they're going. Cause I he might even be gone by the time we even pick. I don't think so. I don't. I think he could be. I think. I think he will. I forgot who it was, but it was somebody on Twitter. But it was somebody who was like at least decently like thought of in the media. I can't remember who said. It. I'm sorry. I really try to remember all these things. We said, look, if Rondell Moore was six foot and two hundred, like we're talking about top of the first round here. Sure. And if I had wings, I'd fly. But mm. you know, there there's that as well. Um, All right, I, I think I, very highly of him. I think he's incredibly strong. His ability to break tackles is fucking awesome. His ability, his big playability is fantastic. He's a lightning rod, and he is a player that you need to know where he's lined up. Every Sounds time like what the receiving court is so bad. He's an instant starter in the slot, hundred percent in the NFL. That's so my I bottom think, line. Tell me if I'm wrong. All three of us are, are in agreement that the Giants will use a draft pick on a wide receiver. Correct. I don't Whether that's he, I don't first, second, or third on. round, but most likely going to happen, yes? I would, second or third round, I think he'll do it. He'll pull the trigger this year. That's what I hope as yeah. well, second or third round. I, I really think, gonna have, I think there's going to be an awesome slash. Even if, even if you don't get a guy like Terrace Marshall, you still got, you know, you got guys like Diami Brown. Uh, Who's a Minnesota Powell. guy, Rashad Bateman? I think he's going top 20, 20, 25. I don't think he's around at 40. You think that he goes in the top 25? Rashad Bateman, yes. Yeah. 
Wow. So theoretically, 100%. you're talking about like five or six plus receivers going in the first round then. Because that I'm would talking, be, if Rashad yes. Bateman is going in the top 25, then that means Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddell are all gone. And you're talking about perhaps Rashad Bateman and Terrence Marshall going in the first round as well. So that's five wide receivers minimum. I I think Chase Waddle, Smith, Tony Bateman, all gone by 32. Interesting. I think Terrence Marshall Jr., Rondell Moore are going to be there at 33, but I they might be taken between 33 and 42. Well, what about that uh, Tony and Brown guy? Chris Sims is very high on them. He thinks those two guys are in his top five. I'm in Ross St. Brown. I have as a late second, early third. I don't – there's a very small chance he drops us at 76. I don't see it happening. That's the USC guy? Correct. Yeah. The Okay. So, uh, anyways, let's let's move on to primary needs, but I do have one question for you first. So, wide receiver, sure. we're, we're in agreement. Some They're being picked. It's a matter of what uh, uh, pick, but most likely in the top three rounds. Tight ends or running backs, it sounds like we could flip a coin – if value drops, but and perhaps I'm more bullish on the running backs on waiting till six, I'd be just as happy if we don't pick either of those positional groups. The question that I had is cornerbacks. Burger first. Will the Giants use a pick on the cornerback position in the 2021 draft? Yes or no? I don't think so. Why? I think there's other needs that need to be addressed besides corner. I think the Dory Jackson signing helps keeping you out on a, on a contract still helps you bring you back Sam Beal. Um, we also have Julian. Love. I, that's that's five. No, corners. No, I think, I think it's incredibly uh, naive for you to think that way, Berger. And I'm going to tell you why this is the, one of the most important. Yeah. Roast him. Yeah. Yeah. Burn the burger. <laughs> This is one of the most important positions in football. You're only as good as your depth. And I think that setting up the cornerback position long term, the guy like JC Horn or Patrick Sertain oh, would be well, pretty fucking fantastic. I think that's absurd. I, I will agree. Uh, I will lean more towards Berger in that context. Because if you're. No, getting- no, I, I know. I know. But I'm just saying. We're 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 just fans. We're not thinking like Joe Judge is thinking, and we're not thinking like Dan Gettleman is thinking. Well, let's think about Joe Judge then. How could you use the eleventh overall pick on a player that's not going to see the field? Neither of them are slot guys. You just paid thirteen million dollars a year for a Dory Jackson. So short of it, basically, you'd be using your eleventh pick as insurance for an injury, or just in case one of those signings flop. Like that, that is not a good. Now, if you're thinking long term in the next few years, and the idea that Sertain or JC Horn could step up as a CB1 as these contracts expire, okay, now you got me. But the Giants are in win now mode. John Merrick came out and essentially laid the hammer down if this Giants team is not significantly improved, heads are going to roll. And that could be Gettleman, that could be Jones. And then you're looking at a, a mismatch of, of general manager and head coach, and who knows what the hell happens. So uh, I, I agree. I, I'm somewhere in between. I think it's absurd to think that the Giants are going to think about cornerback in the top two rounds. I do think that it's possible that the Giants will take a flyer on a guy uh, later on in the drafts, um, because I do agree. You're only as good as your depth in this position, and you don't have to look any further than a year ago for the Giants to see how badly this could go. 
I mean, DeAndre Baker and Sam Beal were supposed to be our CB one and two. Neither of them were on the team. So, uh, you know, for what that's worth. Uh, All right. Well, let's move on to primary primary needs folks. And that would absolutely be edge rusher, interior offensive lineman, and LB2, I, uh, R-I-L-B, right inside linebacker in the 3-4, playing next to Blake Martinez. We, we like what we saw out of Tate Crowder, but we're not sure if he, if we're, we're trusting in the entire thing with him. Uh, Bringing Reggie Ragland. Yeah, it's going to be a competition, man. That's it. Like you bring in a Micah Parsons, that's a game changer right there. Yeah, no. He's a an attack helicopter. Like I'm gonna go on record and say that the Micah in my personal opinion, Micah Parsons is off the draft board for the New York football giants. I don't think there is a, ch- a snowball chance in hell that he is the pick at eleven or anywhere in the first round short of a trade back and a massive drop for him. I don't think he makes it past Denver, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, his uh, the juice could be very much worth the squeeze, and uh, you guys know how much I love that saying. But y'all don't say that. I mean, I love the girl next door, but like maybe an unfortunate quote about a guy who's like doing things with wet towels in a locker room. What juice and what squeeze are we talking about here? Yeah, all right. so edge rusher, when you're looking at all schemes, it's it. I would say it's semi deep. There's 36 guys that are projected to go drafting. Uh, it's very middle of the pack heavy. I'd say for edge rushers. Same with off ball linebackers. You're looking at an average class 20, 28 off ball linebackers. And then that brings us to the center guard. The center market is going to be very shallow. There's only nine centers that are going to be worth drafting. And for guards, it's, I would say it's average 22. The guards are pretty deep this year, aren't they? Decently deep, but not like crazy. I'd like to add, you know, the best guard for going guard. Well, also, isn't there a lot of consensus that there's a few people listed as tackles who might have their best position at guard? Like, I feel so like I've, I've seen I've seen Vera Tucker listed as tackle, but I've seen him in draft write ups as too. a guard as as the best guard in the draft. Right, and yeah, to that point, Berger as well, Rashawn Slater, who might be an exceptional left to right tackle, seems. To be pretty commonly accepted, he could step in day one and plug in at either of the guard spots. Can you just imagine? They said they said Slater could play center too. They said Slater's an instant Pro Bowler at center too. What was that, Burger? I was just saying, imagine Andrew Thomas and Slater at left tackle and left guard. That's like six six and three hundred forty pounds each, right, or something like that. That's beef. I mean, you know my position about first round offensive linemen. It's the only thing I want. All I want for draft day is my big hog mollies. Okay, so yeah. I, I, I doubt there's any disagreement here, but linebacker slash edge, offensive line. Will Correct. the Giants use a draft pick on one of these positions? Yes, and I think they're going two offensive line picks, one center, one guard. Okay, so tell me about that. What rounds and why? 
for the offensive line. Okay, okay. Here's another guy that's kind of like Jeremy Chin last year, but also like um, what the hell is it? the guy who uh, New England picked in the second round, the safety out of oh. Lenore Ryan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, shit. Okay, so there's there is this center. Really, like I'm talking like Are you talking the Whitewater, the, the yes, yes, Quinn Miners, Quinn Miners has gone from like being like a fourth round pick to now like we're talking like early second now. So, uh, you know, I, obviously I like that kid a lot. I've been looking into him. Kyle Duggar, by the way, is who you were referencing earlier. Yes. Okay. That is who I was referencing. Not, not saying it has anything to do with positions, but like just like in terms of like the the buzz before the draft, like how it, it just kind of climbed. Like nobody it really, I never even heard of fucking Lenore Ryan, if I'm being totally honest with you. <laughs> okay. And then I hear this Kyle Duggar who's like, who starts really climbing the ranks. Just like Jeremy Chin, too. That's like the thing. And James Bradbury being drafted out of Sanford University, which was aforementioned by Berger. You have the talent, the people are going to fucking find you. That's a fact. So I think they're going to draft one, one center, one guard. And, you know, if they can't get a guy like Quinn Miners in the second or th- I, I, I prefer the third if they're going to get him. Because, like, He's a, he's a small school prospect, so you never really know. But if you wait till the third, you might get Josh Myers, the Ohio State center. Disciple is a rambler myself. I hate to cut you off, but we okay, have three no. full episodes to break down these picks. I want to know what round and why. I will repeat the very direct question that I asked as before you began your divinations. So are the Giants using, you said that they're picking two interior offense linemen. You know that I would be singing all night if that's the case. What rounds? You know what? I'm going to put my money on one and three. Love it. Burger. Offensive line. I Are the Giants using a pick for the offensive line? Yeah. It's going what to be rounds? One and Four two. Round. One and two. What happened to you guys? I was a man alone on an island a few weeks. If you're listening, go back and listen to the tape, how I was fighting with these people about the importance of the offensive line. And then all of a sudden, yes, we're going to use our first, second, and third rounds. Ooh. Oh, God. Why am I always right? Okay. Linebackers and edge, then. Are the Giants using a draft pick on the linebacker or edge position? Yes, and I'm going to say it's either a second or a fourth. Burger? Third round. Apparently so. You have no other option. I have to now. I I kind of shot myself in the foot there. (laughs) Who who is the guy? Is it Zavin Collins? Is that his name? He's more of an off-ball linebacker. Is that the Penn State guy? No, Zavin Collins is Tulsa, yeah. Yeah. He's 6'6", like 240-something. If the Giants trade back in the first round – and they decide that Parsons, as I believe, will be off their draft board. Uh, the Wu guy that we referenced earlier from Notre Dame, or a guy like Zayman Collins at the back end of the first or the top of the second, I would be thrilled about. Uh, especially, I I love listening and reading the things about this Collins. If you haven't watched him going, he's a freak, and I think he can do a little bit of everything. I would love to see a guy like that 
in a Patrick Graham versatile defense. Also, some names to watch out for that may fall the the Giants in the second. This Jamin Davis coming out of Kentucky is also rising. You got a guy like Nick Bolton out of Mizzou or Jabril Cox out of LSU. Those are definitely linebacker possibilities. We'll get into all that in the three-part draft special. You guys are going to love it. I'm really cooking it up this year. Getting the boys in on it. Some of the draft, draft knowledge we're sharing. We're talking possibilities, baby. Each pick. If you haven't figured it out by now, folks, we're possessed by the spirits that reside in 1925 Giants Drive. But hey, even they make mistakes. So let's exercise tonight's demons with the shaman. Oh, I didn't know uh, the Jets picked a wide receiver at 11 with um, Michi Becton, the giant left tackle. The first receiver picked in the 2020 was actually at 12 with Henry Ruggs. Come on, boys. Come on, Burger. Stop using that outdated language. You will continue to get the beep. Check yourself. And just a general update, we're going to have a couple short what-the-fuck would that look like segments coming out just independently as well as a visit from our favorite doctor, Big Mac? I am exercise the demons. All right, all you dreamers and creamers. Let's end tonight with the fact that Marcus Bruner just simply isn't aware that the Giants are young. They're aggressive. They're improving. New York. Football. Giants. Ah! Ah! God, I love that. For Burger, the Disciple, and the Shaman, I'm Mac. We're Big Blue all year. Good night.